everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. And you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook at Justin Bizarro. Uh, no periods or anything. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Justin the Food Entrepreneur's if you want to follow the podcast. And also, everyone's been asking... Uh, who's been listening to the show, so I'll announce it on the show in case you haven't got my messages. But you can find the other uh, podcasts we've launched, the Centurion Leadership Battalion with Justin Bizarro. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Centurion Leadership Battalion, and you can find the Centurion Leadership Battalion on Apple, Spotify, and Podbean. We are still waiting to be accepted onto Google, so it's out there. Again, thank you everyone for signing up for the summit. Uh, the Food and Beverage Entrepreneur Summit, June 3rd and 4th. Again, we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, we're planning on having it still. And if we aren't going to do it in person, we are going to do it all online via Facebook and YouTube. So we'll still have all the motivational speakers. We'll just do it in an online format. And anyone will be able to see that who has registered for a free ticket on Eventbrite. So today... We have back on the show, Kyle and Molly Rucker of Keto Brains. How are you guys doing today? Doing good, thank you. Doing great, thanks. I didn't mispronounce your names or anything, did I? There was a very a silence there, and Molly, no, like, oh no, really he did that again. <laughs> like, uh, this guy, he, no, he calls himself perfect. a podcast host. He can't even say our names properly. <laughs> no, you nope. did quite good. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> so the reason I've asked you guys back on, um, and we talked about it a little bit your last episode, so anyone who's listening in, please go listen to that episode. It has a lot of great information about health and and focus and performing to your best or, or trying to perform to your best possible and pursuing excellence. So, But I wanted to get you guys back on because... I want to know how you guys do it every day. And we talked a little bit before the podcast where Molly does it every single day and is consistent every day. And Kyle has a little bit of intermittence that, that he has when he follows the, the keto diet. I, w- I really want to start saying lifestyle because um, I still do that all the time. I'm trying to train myself because it's more than just a diet, which is why I wanted to have you guys on the podcast. So that being said... Um, do you guys want to quick talk about your product again and, and your product line and what you guys are doing? And then we'll sort of dive into the day-to-day stuff. Sure. Yeah. So uh, our product line is a line of uh, performance-enhancing nootropic beverages. Uh, currently, we just have the one available. We're working on the launch of the other two. Our current product is a keto nootropic creamer. So it's keto because it's in a base of the C8 MCT powder, which does the best job of helping your liver produce ketone bodies, in addition to a nice, delicious, high-fat, freeze-dried coconut cream powder. In that ketogenic base, we have a dose of lion's mane mushroom, we have L-theanine, and we have alpha-GPC. And just one scoop of this gives you an effective dose of nootropics um, and blend it into your coffee. It makes your coffee taste and look just like you put a really nice fat dose of heavy creamer. So this is a product that helps people who are already looking to self-optimize take that a step further. It's for anyone. It's for people following um keto. It's for people not following keto. It's for anyone looking to get the most out of every day. 
And that's really any product that we put out is going to just be about helping anybody who wants to optimize every moment of every day have a better chance at doing so. That's that's my spiel on it. <laughs> um, Does Kyle have Kyle, a different you spiel? Pop in there. I think it's the same. <laughs> it's it's just more efficient if we have one spiel because hers is so clean. Yeah, I know. It's like she's been practicing. It's like she's had to say it once or twice before. <laughs> <laughs> but the other two products that we have um, that are in the works that we're we're working on, we're working on the what step the next steps for financing the next run. Um, one of them is called, it's a happy drink. It's something we've made for years and yeah. it's a, a dark rock cacao beverage with a heavy dose of L-theanine. It just, it's a warm, soft, functional feeling for a brain. And the other is a creamy, delicious keto matcha. And uh, we're, we're excited to get to the place where those are out. The one thing that we might have coming sooner than later are smaller seven-day supplies of the Keto Brains or Trevor Creamer. That's probably one of the most consistent requests we have is a smaller package. You want to try it first. Yeah, I think so, before they go for the big bag. Um, so hopefully we'll have those out uh, relatively soon. Oh, that wasn't a seven-day bag you guys sent me? Because I... <laughs> <laughs> have well, you solved we, all your problems i, I know wow well, i was our, wondering why it was so efficient our fan base goes through it pretty quick um it, it really you know a lot of people some people drink coffee once a day if you're like me it's a multiple times a day thing and the addition of the nootropics for me is a twice a day thing and the households that are sharing it they're typically ordering two bags a month because what happens is the husband or the wife starts dipping into the supply of their spouse or the kids do and they run out. <laughs> oh, well, and that is going on in my household right now. It's like there is no <laughs> sacred area for food. I believe it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Even more so right now. Yeah. And we've actually seen our friends down at California Keto in San Diego are one of the retail stores where we have our product. And it could be a result of everything going on in the world right now, but they seem to be increasing the rate of their order. Uh, they order a small amount from us each month. I think the last one came in maybe three weeks. Yeah. It's picking up. Yeah. Well, um, again, because you feel it, people, they feel it and they realize right. they feel it. And then totally. they miss that extra measure of, clarity and functionality and i've used it for so long and used these ingredients for so long i'm not certain what it feels like to not have them so it's fun listening to how it's hitting other people's brains who aren't accustomed to taking nootropics that's probably my favorite part well and i mean there is a difference the way you guys combined it i think is just i mean you take what you already get from going to um a keto lifestyle and then enhancing it with the way you guys have done your creamer i mean it's seriously like and I'm not kidding about this, Deborah. When Deborah and I take it together, and I mean, next thing you know, it's nine thirty, ten o'clock at night, and we're still in our offices in the house working, and it's just oh, kind yeah. of like the focus and <laughs> the productivity. The yeah, yeah. Everyone it just, just happens. I know it just. Yeah, it's. Go ahead. We uh, part of the initial marketing branding thought we had was including somewhere keto squared, 
because as we've spoken about before, being in ketosis is kind of a nootropic in itself. So getting but here, into you that, didn't know existed. Yeah, exactly. So you get into that keto state, and then you add nootropic jet fuel, <laughs> and you know exactly how that feels. And then you're a whole different kind of human. You're like an Elon Musk unicorn Wolverine t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. hey, that's, that's true. That's how you feel sometimes. I, 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 I actually sometimes uh, in the morning after I drink my coffee, I look in the mirror and I see this giant lion and looking at me and I'm like, oh, that's me. Yes. And you're not even surprised. No, I'm not surprised. <laughs> you're like, well, hello. Like, of course. <laughs> So I mean, it's true though. I mean, you you there's this you're so productive. And the other thing I love about it is when I I I do drink coffee twice a day, so I take it a second time during the day. Um, is in the afternoon when I'm sort of about I get a weird slump. It helps pick me up. But the thing is, is by the time I work out now, because usually I work out like right after lunchish, because that's when I have the most energy to do it. But right now with everything going on, I don't have time during the day to get away from all of it. So I'm working out late at night. But if I do it in the afternoon, I still have the energy that I need by later in the evening to go out to our gym in our garage and do the workout. Right. Yeah. It's a much, it's a steady, a keto in and of itself gives you a very steady, a very steady supply of cerebral energy and physical energy. And I think that's been one of the most surprising things for me once I was fully fat adapted. When I first started CrossFit, one of the gyms that I went to at first, I told the lady that I was keto and she, you know, she looked at me and she's like, you've got to stop that right now. And I was like, oh yeah, this isn't going to be my gym of choice. Yeah. And then I went to another gym and I, what I experienced was uh, watching everyone finish their workout and kind of doing the thing where you lie on the floor and breathe really heavy and like you look dead and I'm like okay that's good I'm going home I'm good to go you just you don't hit a wall like you do when you are running off of glucose and yeah I might be missing out on you know maybe I'd be lifting heavier if I added the carbohydrates in um but I have zero problem doing fasted long workouts I don't crash um, so it's, it's, a, it's an awesome journey to be on and to keep testing. Like, well, is this going to be okay? Fat adapted and pretty much everything is okay. Fat adapted as far as my level of activity. <laughs> I'm not a competitive athlete, um, clearly. And you're not a professional athlete. No, not a professional. You're plenty competitive. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, there's no uh, competition there, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, but CrossFit in and of itself, I feel very competitive about it. You always want to win, um, especially if it's a timed workout. Um, but one And the if thi- there's someone you can kind of pick off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And once you've been in it for a while, you know, you know, there's where the line comes out. It's like the the newbies are prey just to just to beat out there and hunt down. So. They're like, Phew, now there's one that I can beat. Yeah, there's so someone important. I can beat. Yeah. No, but I think okay, to the, it's like, go ahead. Yeah, just like with running, I don't do CrossFit anymore. Uh, when I was training for running, it's really an ind- individual thing for me. I'm not trying to win these races with people that are professional runners. The person in front of me is absolutely my target, and I can't get caught either. Like, so it's always a race between three people, 
myself who's immediately in front of me and who's immediately behind me. Yeah. And I have no choice. It's like, I can't not react to that situation. (laughs) No. And one of the things I think though, is that generally, yes, if you're an athlete in CrossFit or or running, like maybe you need some bulk if you're a sprinter or, or you need some bulk in CrossFit, but most people are doing it because they enjoy it, but also because you want to be leaner and look better anyway. So the the keto lifestyle sort of matches that for me and where and it's not quite as what was happening to me when I would do paleo which this thing that would happen with paleo is I couldn't gain any weight back on once I lost it muscle mass it was like I was in a plateau and I don't know why but I my body just wasn't getting the right fats you know I were cutting out things like butter and stuff like that that I needed to help do that and give me the energy so you know, it's a lot well, of experimenting. bodies are muscle sparing. And that's something that there's a lot of conversations out there that debate, can you put on muscle? Do you lose muscle? What happens with keto? But ketone bodies, based on what I've read and listened to, ketone bodies are protein sparing. And there are plenty of carnivore keto athletes out there putting on muscle. You just, you, you eat differently, you eat more frequently. And in the paleo state, you're not in ketosis. You don't have that benefit of the ketone bodies to help you spare your muscle tissue. Um, so you're in a totally different metabolic state in paleo. And paleo is not bad. It's just a different metabolic state. Yeah. So let's get into that. I mean, we, we've talked a lot about the benefits of it, but how do you guys live it every day? I mean, I guess we'll start with Molly since she lives it every week, every month, and every year. So let's right. sort of get into Get into yeah. how you do that. And, and I mean, now it's a habit, right? You've formed a habit. This is where it's, you like being, so you stay there. But life. how do you do it? I mean, I mean, how did you start and how did you get to where you are now? And, and what does your normal day look like? Okay. So the start was probably it's close to three years ago now. Um, and as I think I went into a little bit before, it started with a podcast uh, between Joe Rogan and Dominic Diagostino. And that was the turning point for me. And that's where I decided, okay, I'm going to try this. And something I try to remember whenever I speak to people about this is that it was really weird and scary at first. I'd go into the grocery store and I could find nothing to eat. I could find nothing to buy because everything had some bit of carbohydrate. I didn't understand the, um, the carbs versus the net carbs yet. So the beginning of my journey was pretty much Parmesan cheese, um, sour cream, and what else? Like some mozzarella. And I would say for the first month, I was so anal about no carbohydrates and not having too much protein. I wouldn't even eat egg whites. I was following the 90% fat. I'm going to do this super extreme thing. And that, I would say, lasted about two or three months. And at the time that I decided to go keto, I had been doing long runs. Like my short runs were eight miles, always in the hills, uh, always climbing. And I will say for about three months, I absolutely could not do that. Um, The adaptation period for my muscles was pretty extreme. I felt amazing. But I couldn't run the eight miles in the hills like I did before. So my runs did shorten quite a bit, I'd say, for the first three to six months. Um, 
if you listen to some of the science on fat adaptation, you're looking from six months to two years to become fully fat adapted with your muscle function, depending on who you are and what kind of activity you do. So I did go through an odd transition there. Um, I was pretty, I was lean when I started and wasn't looking to lose weight, but I did, I think, lose muscle weight that I didn't want to in the beginning because I didn't fully understand what I was doing. I was too afraid of protein. I should have been eating quite a bit more protein for my level of activity. I did not understand my sodium needs in the beginning. So there's a lot of fits and starts that occur when you first dive in to keto. And it was probably six months before I had a solid handle on what to eat, what to keep in the fridge, um, adding intermittent fasting. I went through a period where I think I put way too much fat in my coffee, like 400 calorie coffees every morning. Um, so there is an adaptation. Uh, but fast forward to now, it is just normal. And, you know, I understand my sodium needs. I understand my protein needs. I understand that I don't need to eat a ton of fat. I just need the right amount of fat. And I think when speaking to people, those are three things that come up a lot. When people feel very fatigued or keto flu in the beginning, keto flu is simply electrolyte imbalance. In some cases, it's the body dealing with no longer having the glucose. But in most cases, it's, it's a sodium imbalance, uh, sodium, potassium, and magnesium. You need more of these, especially in the beginning of your keto journey. Um, it takes your body three molecules of water to store one molecule of glucose, is my understanding. So when you are carbohydrate dependent, your body has three molecules of water that it's holding on to for every one molecule of glucose that it's storing for your use. When you become fat adapted and switch to your primary fuel source, meaning ketones, that water that you were holding on to, it goes away. That's why most people lose a ton of weight in the beginning. It's a bunch of water weight. In that water was where your body had learned to store your sodium, your magnesium, and your other electrolytes. So in order to not feel that deep fatigue that a lot of people feel in the beginning, you've got to like quadruple your sodium intake. Um, and I had to do so for probably six months to a year. And I still uh, do so. Um, I found that as well, actually. Well, then my sodium, I was, it was almost like I didn't know what was going on. Um, like no matter yep. how much water I drink, I couldn't get hydrated. It was this weird mm -hmm. thing that was going on. And then um, I realized it had a lot to do with my sodium levels and electrolytes. Yeah. And that was something, um, Kyle, I don't know if you want to pipe in on that. When I first convinced Kyle to give keto a try, um, and other people in my life, I kept repeating, you must eat more salt. You must eat more salt. And every single one of them told me they were listening, but they weren't. And there were a number of occasions where Kyle reached out with these symptoms. I'm like, okay, have you had salt? And he told me he was salting his food and um, it was not enough. So I made him eat salt from his hand. <laughs> right. I think it's, it's hard for someone to take a handful of salt and just lick it out of their hand. I think it's okay. Right. I had no idea how deficient in salt and electrolytes I was. I didn't think it would be healthy to take that much. There was this reluctance to believe her. And You'd feel good right before, away. I should just believe her outright. And I do at this point. 
But I think there was one day, it was after a, a training run, I was not feeling too great, and we were talking about something, and she said, here, stop, right now, give me your hand, and put a tablespoon of salt in my hand, <laughs> I, I licked it up against <laughs> my inclinations, and literally 15, 20 minutes later, headache was gone, I felt better, Um but yeah, so there's one really easy way to avoid the keto flu, and that's just take electrolytes. Take yeah, a lot. I think that's a big um, one of the biggest. I would say the two biggest beginner mistakes that I try to help people with now is one, the discussion we just had about sodium, uh, but also protein, because depending on where you're getting your information. Uh, like the information I got, I was very afraid for gluconeogenesis to occur and have my body make glucose out of my protein intake. And I loved the ketogenic state so much. I didn't want that to happen. If you are an active person and you're intermittent fasting, you're going to have a hard time getting out of ketosis once you're fat adapted. Um, so I think that that's something that people really need to consider is if they're intermittent fasting and their feeding window is abbreviated to four to six hours. Um, don't don't remove all the protein from what you're doing. Your muscles need it. Your body needs it. And you're not going to get kicked out of ketosis. Yeah. Um, those were two early lessons for me. Um, let's see. I got a little derailed there. But basically, six months to a year in, my muscles were pretty down with being fat adapted. Um, I was back to doing a more normal running routine. Um, at, at that point I had switched jobs and didn't have time to run as much. And that was kind of when CrossFit came into play. Um, for now though, with regards to how my days go, I intermittent fast every day. Uh, being in ketosis makes that very easy because traditional hunger just does not exist. You don't have the blood sugar ups and downs and that signal that are that we've come to believe is hunger. It's gone when you're in ketosis. That signal is not hunger. That signal is your tummy trying to tell your brain to make your body go eat sweet things because it's easy. And intermittent fasting does just become easier uh, with long term ketosis and fat adaptation. So my days, I wake up at four. Um, I've got coffee in my mouth by 4.15. Uh, we've got two large dogs. We do have a big yard, but the dogs need to get out and I need to get out. So I try to be out with one of the dogs by you know, 4.30 uh, while I'm drinking my coffee. Um, I'm usually checking in on what's going on with keto brains because I have a very full-time job that has nothing to do with keto brains. So I have these small moments throughout the day where I can check in on what needs to happen for with keto brains for the day. And in the morning while I'm drinking my coffee before I get out with the dogs, I'm, you know, focusing on what can I accomplish for keto brains today before I dive into my, you know, my, my quote unquote real job. Um, I do have a number of supplements that I've taken for years and uh, a handful of them focus on mitochondrial health. So CoQ10, PQQ, which is pyroquinoline quinone, which helps with mitochondrial biogenesis. Those are two things I've taken for years. And because we have some knowledge of our um, genetic state as far as our ability to utilize B vitamins, 
Um, I do take uh, methylated B vitamins and I take D3 because our bodies don't do a good job of making D3. So the supplements I take are curated specifically to my desire to optimize my mitochondria and make sure that my body's getting what it needs based on my genetics. So I'm out with the dogs. That's about 45 minutes to an hour. Come home. On a day where I'm working remotely, um, oh, I, I skipped the most important part. The first coffee in my mouth always has my keto brain creamer in it. <laughs> my, my second cup of coffee uh, typically does not. Um, I will either drink it black or I will add some heavy cream if I want it to have a flavor to it. Um, I drink another cup of coffee and then I'm getting to work by 5.36 in the morning and I try to get in a solid four hours uh, before I take a break. And that break is my lunch break. And I don't eat lunch. I go to CrossFit. I rush home from CrossFit and I get back to work. And I try to get in another four to five hours of work. Um, if I can do that, and I typically can do that, that gives me enough time to get out to the trail with the dog for like 45 minute, three mile hike or run. Back home, um, around that time, I may break my fast. So, Anywhere from between 16 to 24 hours, I will choose to eat something. And it's typically my new favorite food, chicharrones, um, or some hard-boiled eggs. Uh, and then I'll sit down to work on keto brains for anywhere between a half an hour to two hours. Uh, if there's orders to pack or website maintenance or something I need to discuss with Kyle, that's my opportunity to dive into that. And it's all pretty fluid um, and very normalized for me. Um, it, it is abbreviated uh, by coffee and it is abbreviated by getting out of my chair and doing air squats throughout the day. Um, and let's see, where do we, oh, by the time I'm done with keto braids, that's kind of when it's time to prep dinner. Um, and our dinners are, very keto, um, they're protein and fat rich, and they're pretty basic. Uh, we've moved to more of a carnivore keto life choice this past couple of months. So our typical meal is um, ground beef, uh, sometimes tri-tip, sometimes steak. Um, we've been doing some cubed pork belly in the air fryer for flavor lately. Um, jalapenos for crunch, sour cream for a little extra fat. And it's absolutely delicious. I haven't gotten tired of it yet. Um, and we do, we do like our ketogenic alcohol options. Um, Flying Embers makes an absolutely delicious kombucha beer that we choose to consume regularly. It's got, I think, 85 calories, zero sugar. It's got adaptogenic herbs added to it. Doesn't kick you out of ketosis. You pretty much just need one it's very satisfying um but i will i will around 5 30 or 6 i will often have one of those and that kind of shifts my focus into the second part of my day that i often call you know day number two um so i don't i know that's a lot i don't know if it is a that, that's a tip it's a typical <laughs> a typical day uh, that's you asked for it 
That's a lot, but I mean, if anyone who's every, anyone who's productive, I think, and and really focuses and and tries a lifestyle, you're like, oh yeah, I know that one. And you know, you are yeah. winding down your day right. later. You're trying to figure out. I mean, I actually have my day broken out into three days, the way I look at it, and um, love it. And so it's one of those things where, and intermittently, I do a podcast now that I'm home because we're all stuck inside because of the coronavirus, but. It's, um, I basically, you know, now I have four days almost because the way it works out, but I try to, to break my day out into achievable chunks of about four hours, uh, three to four hours. And, um, I didn't realize I was doing that, but that is naturally what seems to happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and I look at each one as what can I accomplish in that time block? Like it's my whole day. And so I, I really shifted my focus and that happened over the last year. Um, especially switching my lifestyle, um, like we've talked about, um, keto and I do it more intermittently when I go into, to the more heavier workout periods or I get more motivated again and I can focus on it. Being home helps, um, being on the road, it makes it tough sometimes, but I've started to figure that out a lot better and been able to order at places and, and find the right restaurants wherever we're going. And it is an important part because, slipping in and out of it is not very fun and i will tell you i am like if you if i eat out of keto when i've been like keto for a few months and i slip one day i'm like you fed me after midnight and um you know (laughs) there's a gremlin coming out yeah (laughs) that's a kind of crazy how fast it reacts and how negative sugar can have on me the impact and in my body and and the soreness and stuff, it's almost immediate. It's kind of this weird, and my joints hurt, and, you know, you notice the stomach get hurts. You sore with keto. Yeah, yes. you don't get sore. That's the thing. I can get, mm-hmm. I can work out twice a day, you know, for 45 minutes to an hour each time. Um, sort of like you do, I do a CrossFit workout at least once a day. Um, and then the other one, I either walk for an hour, sometimes with a weight vest, and then the other, if I'm not doing that, I'm either rowing or biking or running. So I do it how I feel. But, you know, as soon as I start to slip off, like my hamstrings start getting tight and my knees hurt and my hips. And it's like, is this for right. real? Like, I mean, it, it, are we that sensitive to food? And I've been in food for a long time. But it is a true thing that when we tune our bodies right and we put in the right fuel, um, cause that's sort of how I look at it. It's easier for me to quote unquote diet when I don't look at it as much as food, as I look at it as fuel for me to perform. And it's better so, fueling. yeah, and I'm not, I'm competitive. Don't get me wrong. And, and I've spent my life in soccer and all that and, and had some time in Europe playing soccer and all of those things, but it's, um, it's different. I don't know what it is. I, I want to achieve that success. It's almost like competition against my old self versus my new self. And when I slip out of, you know, my keto lifestyle, I almost go back to the old me and I'm a, I'm a little disgruntled at myself and I'm like, what the hell are you doing, man? And, you know, and that's what it is, you know. Um, it's better than if I, if I do it for two days in a row, then everyone feels it, you know, and Deborah says, if, if yeah. Justin's not working out and Justin's not following this lifestyle, it's not good for anybody. And it's like, <laughs> it's true, yep. you know, cause yeah. I'm easily agitated. I, I have less Absolutely. patience. I, I don't have a place to put my stress if I have any. And oddly when I'm on it, I don't have any stress when I'm off it. 
the things that normally don't stress me out stress me out. So it's this whole balance. I feel of like the um, I want I'm right. going to say it wrong, but your endocrine system and like you know being able to balance some of that. I think that's the right word I'm looking for. The right system. I, again, the stepdaughter does all the biology and human body stuff. I just <laughs> pick up terms here and yeah. there, but it's well, kind of crazy. Forget that. There's a brain, there's a neurochemistry balancing effect. And I am, you know, also not scientist here. So, um, but there's a brain balancing effect with your neurotransmitters on keto that's undeniable. So your emotional reactivity, no matter what your normal emotional reactivity is, that is, it's blunted in a beautiful way because you just have information coming in, process information, cool, move forward. Whereas in that non-keto state, there's something about being glucose dependent and not having that added measure of neurotransmitter balance that makes it easier to react emotionally and have overreactions. At least right. I have noted um, than, than when you're in keto, keto right. makes it easier. I was going to say, I think the most noticeable effects of keto, there are obviously the physical benefits as far as recovery, the way you feel um, not crashing, but even that for me, is secondary to the mental state that comes with being in a ketotic state. I think that that space between stimulus and response, it becomes this filter. There's like a keto filter whereby you're not thinking or feeling, Oh, I don't want to have to deal with this. Oh, what is this? Oh, I'm going to put it off. Like Molly said, you see a thing that needs doing and you do it and you move on. It doesn't matter how it makes you feel. Absolutely. And it's just so much more effective and efficient to operate in that way, just across the board. It's like constant flow state. Yeah. yeah. And it's like even even running. I think mentally I experienced the greatest benefits because as as you approach fatigue, as, as you approach your limits, you start to feel it. And if you're not careful, you start to feed into the naked self-talk. Like, oh, I'm getting really tired. Oh, this hurts. Oh, maybe I'm hurting myself. Um, but in a ketotic state, you approach that limit and you just kind of notice it and you look at it. You're like, oh, interesting. And you just keep going. Well, and and I, you're not affected yeah, <laughs> emotionally yeah. to finish your workout or your run or your project. Well, and there was always something and there's this weird thing. When I used to play soccer all the time, it would take me, even if I did a warm up in the game and stuff, it would take me about 10 minutes into the game before like a switch turned on. And in that switch is where I felt like I was all hyper focused and and hyper into the game and aware of what was going on and the game slowed down for me and all that but it would usually take about that 10 minutes you know some of it was nerves some of it was understanding the way the other team played and things like that but there was and then from there there was this like calmness you know there was like this you know feeling that I know I was going to dominate because I had I got to that point and there was this weird thing but what happens now, and it's the same in running too, I f- always felt like about 10 minutes into a run, there's this state where I'm just hyper-focused and hyper into what I need to do. And so, right. but now I don't have that. Now it's like that all the time. You know what I mean? That's the expectation now. Yeah. Right. It's the rule, not the exception. There's no and 10 minutes needed. No, you just jump right into it. Because your body knows, your body recognizes that it's time to get into go mode. And again, the transition time is null. You just, you're there. And I think maybe that's the reason that if you're in a ketotic state and 
say you go have a pizza or a beer or whatever the next day, not only do you feel foggy and cloudy mentally, I literally, my joints, I feel the inflammation physically. And I don't know if it's just because I haven't felt it for a long time or if it is actually worse or worse rather. But it is definitely a thing. <laughs> the inflammation yeah. is a big deal when oh, you come absolutely. off of the ketotic diet and then kind of dish it for a while. Well, well and it's, it's like crazy. You, you, yeah, yeah. It is. You, you heal slower. Your inflammation is increased. Again, you don't have those bonus ketones helping you to hang on to your amino acids and your muscle tissue. It just this is why I think, you know, I don't understand why I'd want to do anything else. <laughs> it's a great default. It's a very <laughs> effective default. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think what happens then is, I mean, in my case, it's a, and we're going to, I'm going to compare it to an, an addict is that there's a weird, when I get that sugar in, it's like, it's great at first. Or if I bounce off the keto lifestyle, it's great. It's like, I got my fix. You know, but hundred percent. Yeah, but the fix is like maybe fifteen, twenty minutes before I'm like I'm starting to drag already and I'm like you know, right. you know, within a day or two I'm in you know, I'm starting to get sore in places that I didn't think. And the inflammation, I agree with you. It's the it's so real, it's kinda crazy in the muscles, in the joints, in I mean yeah. in the it almost makes me lethargic and I don't know how to explain that other than now Absolutely. I've gone in and out of it so much that I now know, like I recognize it if I, I've slipped or even if I'm out and I'm traveling for work and I think I'm on a keto lifestyle and I eat out and there right. may be something in there that they didn't tell me that sort of slips me out of it a little bit. I can tell yeah. almost immediately because like I said, totally. my mood changes, but there's this weird lethargic, like, I don't inflammation thing that I can feel and, and it's like, and maybe I'm hypersensitive and it could be all mental, but I don't think so. But it's mostly like for real, real. it's, um, you know, and you know, sometimes even like if I'm walking a lot in an airport or something and I get something, you know, and I think I'm okay. And all of a sudden I have it my, like I'm walking a lot. So my toes start to feel a little bit weird, you know, and and inflamed. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, so once you're off it, going back on it, it's like once you, once I've done it, I can't unring the bell because the bell's been rung. Right. Now I notice the <laughs> things that I used to just ignore before, just think whatever, it just is right. what it is. So but th- that also, this conversation brings up an interesting point as well. And everybody at some point, when you're trying to learn more about your body and how to optimize your function, both physically and mentally, you have to start looking really closely at the effects of the choices you make both act both actively dietarily just across the board and what's great about the severity of the experience of getting into ketosis and coming out of ketosis is that you notice a very consistent correlation for the cause of any discomfort or of any benefits so it's not you have to wonder less. It's like, oh man, what did I do yesterday? Why do I feel like garbage? Why is everything in pain? The more you come out of ketosis or the more frequently you do it, the stronger that realization is. It's like, I know exactly why my body hurts. I know exactly why I did not perform like I thought I would. Um, And that's massive. That's a huge piece of information for anybody looking for consistent improvement in training or Again, not just physical activities, but projects you're working on professionally. 
Well, and we're in control of it, right? It's something that we can't blame it on nature or genetics or, or exactly. whatever. We're actually we in control of this. At Anytime the, like, you can say, I know why this happened with any consistency, that's gold. I mean, to claim knowledge about anything like that's consistent is a big deal. So being able to do that with your dietary choices and the way you experience your life day to day, mentally, physically, emotionally, it's, it's priceless to gain that information is one of the most valuable things we can find as humans. Well, and really quick, that brings up, I think the importance of, I believe, uh, using a blood testing meter in the beginning. I used that a lot in the beginning because I really wanted to know what effects different food choices or beverages were having on this state that I had achieved and wanted to maintain. And so I talked about how those first six months, I was really, really careful about everything. And then, you know, I was like, okay, let me try a dry wine. I'm going to, you know, make this fat bomb using this almond flour. What effect is that going to have? And now I kind of call it catching my ketones because I've tested so much. I know at what point during the day they're going to spike. I know what CrossFit does to them. I know what a walk does to them. I know what different foods do to them. And to Kyle's point, I I have a workable knowledge about a metric within my body that makes me feel a certain way that I can control. Consistently. Consistently. And it's exciting because if I want to be super clear for a meeting, I can spend a bunch of money on some awesome ketone ester, which I have done, or I can just do the right planning, intermittent fast, high fat dinner, exercise early in the morning. And then I know around eight or nine o'clock, I'm going to have a nice fat 3.0 ketone reading. And I know what that does for my brain going into a meeting. So it's, it's fun being able to uh, kind of manipulate your own biology with your own created drugs. Really? They're self-created drugs. Very much. (laughs) Well, and And then you add nootropics. So what is, and I, I, and I want to ask because I want you guys to explain it, but what is your ideal ketone when you read your blood you have the blood meter just for me really quick what i want to say is that i really don't think people should chase ketones i do believe in the beginning it's really important to have that meter because this is the one dietary lifestyle choice where you can for under a hundred dollars have an actual metric of something going on within your body that's telling you if you're doing it right or wrong So many other diets, like, I don't know, are you doing it right or wrong? I have no idea. But if being in ketosis is your goal, you can have a meter in your home that tells you you're achieving that. Now, I love what a 3.0 reading feels like. But when you first get into ketosis and your body figures out how to make them, you're going to get really high ketone readings for a while because your body has yet to upregulate the production of receptor sites to utilize the ketone bodies. So the longer in your ketosis, you're going to find that it's harder to hit a higher number without fasting. So while I prefer, um, I prefer for my brain to have a reading around three, that's not, that's, it's not correct to try to achieve that all day long because it's, that's just not a reality. When you go to CrossFit, your body's going to use up your ketones and you're going to be really low in ketones afterwards. Um, 
if you're, you know, when you awake in the morning, there's something called, I think they call it the sundowner effect. Uh, your cortisol is high in the morning and cortisol will dampen your ketones and raise your blood sugar. So when I'm testing now, I'm really testing to see like, you know, the kombucha beer I mentioned, if they have really zero sugar, it tastes too good. So I can have those, you know, kombucha beers and use my meter to kind of prove that they are in fact zero sugar and they're not affecting my ketone levels. Um, I was, you know, for a brief period of time thinking that to do ketosis, right, I should be at this high number all the time. And it was really frustrating. I would do a 24 hour fast and find I had, you know, ketones at 0.5 because I didn't understand yet the ebbs and flows of them. And I didn't understand yet that this was a fuel source my body was going to use. So of course, they would read lower after activity. So I think anyone just looking to be in a ketonic state, if you're, if you're at a one or a 1.5, you're doing good. That's everyday ketosis. Well, I think when you're at 0.5 millimolar, you're in ketosis, correct? They call that basic nutritional ketosis. I think, I don't know if it was Stephen Finney or Jeff Bullock, the actual research scientists, right. amazing people. Uh, I believe that they have a little chart and they define nutritional ketosis as beginning at 0.5. I do remember seeing like a scale of 0.5 all the way up through like yeah. nine. Right. But I don't know that you'll feel 0.5. So if you're optimizing for actually feeling the state of ketosis, right? I'm thinking 1.5 is a really nice place to try to be. That's just me personally. Totally. Um, and my body seems to do a pretty good job of ketone body production, but I think it's also because I'm very active. Mm -hmm. You see some people doing seven day fast and they don't hit a three or a four until four days in. I was doing a seven day fast and three days in my reading was uh, not readable, which is above eight. Um, but I was doing fasted CrossFit. I was doing things that might not have been the smartest thing to do, but I felt great. So I did it. Um, right. So everybody's different is the point there. Yeah. So Kyle, how, when you're on your keto lifestyle, how are you, uh, are you immersed in your keto lifestyle? I should say, um, what does your day look like? So when I'm keto focused, well, just across the board, I wake up at 5am. I have coffee by 530 with, Nutrabic creamer in it every day. Um, and I typically do a HIT workout at 6 a.m., Monday through Thursday. Um, and on some of those days, I'll get in a run in the afternoon or a little bit later after the HIT workout. Um, but dietarily, coffee is the first thing I have with keto brains creamer, some collagen, and I like a little bit of half and half as well. Um, but after the workout, I'll probably have another cup of coffee. Um, get back home, clean up, have some protein. That was the other thing that and we can talk about this in a minute, but I was very protein averse when I was initially trying to get into a ketosis state because I didn't know anything and I stopped taking protein supplements and all that. Um, but when I started to do less running and more hit kind of strength oriented workouts, I did end up taking a protein supplement after the fact. And this comes from Molly doing a lot of CrossFit and kind of looking into the ketosis and protein connection. And I think she actually 
decided to take more protein on because she was trying to build strength and get stronger. Yep. I wanted muscle. more muscle. Like I wasn't losing any muscle doing CrossFit. I, I mean, to be fair, the only reason I ever started CrossFit is I got tired of people asking if I did it because apparently I looked like I already <laughs> did it. Um, so I, I, I was, I, in my mind, I had no problem being strong and putting on muscle, but then you go do CrossFit with these people who know what they're doing and you realize, Oh, I have a lot to learn and I'd like to put on more muscle. Right. And I, so I did make a very clear decision to up my protein. And then I started sharing with Kyle, like, Hey, like we're very fat adapted and we're both super active. We really should, you know, eat a little more protein. Right. Or rather not eat, not even should, but we can get away with eating more protein and some more of the other macros, like even carbohydrates, without falling out of ketosis. So when I initially got interested in ketosis and started trying to follow a ketotic diet, I was already training for endurance runs. And I was already, just by habit, intermittent fasting and drinking coffee. So I was in a state, so Molly, she was in this place where she had just kind of dove into this keto world and was super excited about it. She's like, oh, you can get this blood meter from keto mojo and you can know exactly how many ketones are in your blood and you you want this many because it makes you feel this and i was just like awesome great cool and uh so again being the guinea pig brother she says oh i wonder what your ketones are after a run and all uh, and she was really excited about what my numbers might be um and i think when she initially gave me the strips i was reading three or four millimolars kind of just like regularly which was high um Four. But then you were at eight, like every day. I'm like, why am I losing? Right. And I was it'd be on days when I wasn't working out. But this is interesting too, because like Molly said, you, your body needs to create receptors for ketones in, in order to utilize them and to pull That's them out of your you bloodstream. So again, I, if I have a super high blood count, that means that I didn't have as many ketone site receptors or however you say that. Um, and so there was more free ketones in my blood. Um, but these days, even towards the end of the training phase, I wasn't getting into seven, eight, nine. And these days, and I'm not strictly keto by any means. You can't even read a nine. It just reads high after eight. <laughs> no, right. Um, but these and that's days, not necessarily yeah. good like for the long term because you – if you're at that super high, like eight feels good, that's not where you want to be all the time. It's kind of like a pro-acidic place to be. Um, it's like a deep therapeutic ketosis. It's a, it is. And it's also sometimes indicative of what you and I learned later, which was we needed more sodium to balance our electrolytes. Okay. So that was a piece of that puzzle too. Right. Sorry. Didn't... No, that's, that's fine. Um, I was beginning to tangent myself. <laughs> uh, where was I? Basically, we were still at breakfast. What I think we're doing in the beginning. Protein think, yeah, breakfast. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. Back to like the regular activity and such. Um. So yeah, when I'm doing the hit workouts, I'm still intermittent fasting. I'm still just drinking the keto brains coffee, and I'm not eating anything substantial until one o'clock. So going back a little bit, so I've just finished my workouts. I'm home. I'm showered. I'm ready to go. I just kind of sit and look at the to-do list across the board for keto brains, for head and heart photography, for Kyle Rucker photography, for everything I'm working on. 
I take a quick kind of assessment of what is most necessary. Um, and then what gets my attention is what is most necessary. And then I just start checking things off the box or off the list rather. And it's not like it's after that initial period where I take this holistic view of where I want things to be in the future and how far I think I can get them today. All I need to do is pick a starting point and then it just kind of flows one minute to the, or one activity, one task to the next. Um, and literally there's not a lot of self reflect or uh, there's not stopping to kind of check progress. I just go like that for three or four hours. And then I realize it's like 1230 or one o'clock. I realize that I'm in a strong ketosis because my brain is firing. <laughs> and I realize that I could keep going, but I should probably eat. There's a point at which eating becomes this inconvenience, which is weird because I Absolutely. love food. And it's just like, ah, no, I just, I'd rather keep working. I don't want to eat. But if you, if you listen to that, you'll go into a 24 hour fast and you'll just keep going. No problem. Um, so as far as the balance thing goes, that's kind of my indicator. There's no, there's no amount of time. There's no hours. There's no block. It does seem to kind of sit around four, four and a half hours, maybe between three and five hours, depending on the day. But there's just this spike in focus and productivity that lasts until about, you know, one o'clock, one thirty, And then after that, I'll take a break, go outside. Um, and just kind of depending on how I feel, I'll either pick up where I left off or I'll notice that I'm at a good stopping point. Uh, and just, I think maybe it's good to let go of everything after being so focused <laughs> like I think it requires a lot of energy mentally physically you're I think that's where the kombucha just... beer comes in for me like I can't shift out of it so I need like right. the opening of this beverage and the consumption of it signals a different speed I think so <laughs> right you need to start downshifting if you want to ever go to sleep yeah, <laughs> so, no absolutely yeah I think that's <laughs> how that happens yeah I know because and Deborah and I talk about this all the time we we intend on going to bed by like nine ten, but next thing you know, it's like twelve one, and you know, and yeah. she's up so at quick. six. I'm up at six thirty or or seven, depending on whatever, to start our days. And it's just crazy how fast your day starts going, and before you know it, it's nine o'clock, and you haven't eaten dinner. And no. you know, or and you didn't even notice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you it's, don't it's notice. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's not like I used to. You know when sugars were around I'd used to crave sugar or any kind of food I could get in my mouth after I'd work out and now it's the opposite right. you know my body doesn't I don't crave it I don't you know I don't think about a water here and there of course and I try to keep electrolytes in my body because um being so dry in Colorado it just sucks the life right out of you oh, a lot okay. of the time so you know that something you just mentioned reminded me so I haven't thought of this in a long time, but when we first started doing trail runs, um, we ran a lot. I was at a place in my life where I had a bunch of time and there were trails uh, behind Montecito that I could go run. And I would fuel like I thought a normal person fueled. You know, I'd make sure I had like a tortilla with some honey and peanut butter before I went out on the run. I'd bring, you know, a natural bar to eat. And I'd have this epic 14 mile trail run early in the day. 
I'd come home and do what I thought was the right thing. I'm going to, you know, re-up on fuel. And I know Kyle and I both experienced this because sometimes we'd go, instead of making food, we'd go get a burrito or we'd go get a hamburger. It was like six to eight hours of horrible digestion and feeling like inflamed and puffy and full of water the next day. And I just took that as normal. Like you did it, you did a 14 mile trail run, you know, you climbed all these mountains. Of course, this is how you feel. I've never feel that anymore. There's not this like holding onto water the next day after a re-up on your food. There's no needing to, or feeling the need to eat this giant meal after you do this giant thing. You just, you need so much less fuel than you think once you're fat adapted. Yeah. And you start to pay attention to your, moment to moment your feelings but not like emotional feelings but the what signals you're listening to your body signals like am i actually like, hungry well yeah and it's a clearer signal it's not like oh i think i'm hungry oh i have this feeling oh there's a little grumble in my stomach. i like what you just said it's a clear signal like there's less you're right. clear on what your body is asking for yeah. as opposed to i think when you're glucose dependent you could be sad and your body says have cake you right. can be tired and your body says have cake well right the eating, on a, a lie. eating on a schedule is not normal eating habitually at like you know, 8 a.m. 3, not normal. 3 square meals a day none of that makes <laughs> any sense to the human biologically organism. you eat because you need fuel to continue existing i mean very basically that's what it is exactly um, yeah Keto kind of makes you, it, it helps you naturally tap back into that. And for me, right. coming from, again, I was 250 pounds when I was 12. I was an obese child. And then I was an anorexic teenager, 20 year old, and, you know, 14 to 24, struggling through eating disorder and exercise, trying to figure things out, always trying to figure out how to have a relationship with food. Right. I'll, it's been, it will be 20 years very soon since I stopped all of those apparent aberrance, those uh, poor behaviors, but keto, keto very naturally helps your physiology understand. I feel like what food is supposed to be. So that struggle that a lot of, I think American females and just people now go through is how to have a good relationship with food. And I do think it's much harder when you're going through the ups and downs of a glucose dependent metabolic state. And things just become very clear um, physiologically, at least for me, I can only speak for me, um, in the ketogenic state. It's not a battle. There's no question. It's like, oh, I wish I had known this as a child. It would have, you know, shortened some of my journey, but I learned a lot. So I'm I'm good with my journey. (laughs) That's really important. I think that, again, it just shines the emphasis on the fact that you're creating this space between stimulus and response like so again there's this hunger if you're not in a cutic state you feel this thing and you're uncomfortable and you want to end the discomfort whatever that is it's like that's potato chips that's just garbage food it's whatever food you have but when you get into a ketotic state you have this filter and you see the signal coming and instead of just reacting to it you look at it and you're like huh what where is this coming from why did this originate (laughs) like what's really going on here? And there's zero emotion attached to it. It's like, am I hungry? Have I been active? Do I need to fuel in a certain way to continue doing what I'm doing or to prepare for what I'd like to do? Or can I ignore it? 
And it, again, there's no emotion. It's just, just very clearly clean, logical, like yes or no, go forward. Yeah, absolutely. And I think anytime we can remove the emotion from those kinds of decisions, almost every decision, really, we're going to well, come out ahead. And the other piece of that, that I, like thinking about it right now, I think that in and of itself is why you can get so much more done. You're not wasting time trying to make decisions about your basic physiology but, and you're not wasting any time trying to uh, get back to your place of balance because you got thrown off by inactivity or this meal. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, you're more productive in key, in the keto state, um, but you are wasting less uh, mental, emotional energy on certain decisions. Um I didn't really think about that. So just now. Yeah. Well, and I think what happens yeah. is the signals to your brain are are less blocked. They're more efficient. I think is one of the things yes. that happens. Your body gets more. Eff- right. Yeah. And then the other thing is your brain is in a better state to process it. So there's really no. I'm not really understanding what this is. And really, I don't, you know, we could talk about on a physiological state and almost chemical, your brain doesn't have all the other stuff clouding it where it's not sure what it's processing. That's what I feel like, because it's very clear in that your brain, like the signal's very clear. It's very efficient how it gets there. It's very immediate um, in terms of it's, it's, but then once it's there, the brain doesn't struggle with what it needs to do next, because I don't know, there's something that happens. It's not clouded and. You know, one of right. the things that I, I want to touch on that you would, would you said in talking about the trail runs and everything is it's a funny thing because I have a lot of friends and people that work out or people I grew up with that talk about, oh, Justin, you know, you're in your 40s now and you can't do endurance run. You need to concentrate on all weightlifting and keep your body on Garbage. weightlifting, you know, <laughs> and, both. Yeah, and right. you need them both. And there's like I can find success in both because of the way I eat and the lifestyle that I create, it doesn't need to be one way or the other. It doesn't need to be, Oh, I need more muscle mass. Like I enjoy running. So I'm going to make running work. I also know that I need to lift weights and I need to keep my bone density well and, and all of that, but I've got to set it up where my body is putting the right fuel in there. Like we talked about earlier. And, Mm -hmm. and And I think people get a little confused sometimes because if you are an endurance running athlete, okay, yes. If you are a competitive weightlifter or crossfitter, okay, we're going to have a different conversation. Most of us are just trying to create the most athletic, muscularly dense body for living active lives. And you are 100% correct. You can have both and do both effectively. Yeah, absolutely. And I love running. So, I mean, there's that. And I love the endurance. I mean, being playing soccer my whole life, I like that constant right. go. Um, yeah. but I also like being strong and I like the competitiveness of CrossFit and I like the weights and the accomplishment of getting new PRs for, or personal records for anyone in the audience who doesn't know what that is and things like right. that. Those are fun, but I will tell you the craziest thing. Once I balanced out the keto thing, like my personal records are PRs and weightlifting. Like it was like almost like a, a weekly or every other day thing that started happening for a while. It was crazy. <laughs> I believe it how much I was able to recover how quickly, but also how much my weights went up. Um, well, and that's, there's a lot of athletes out there now talking about this. And I've listened to a couple of recently. I listened to um, Danny Vega um, on the HBMN podcast. And that was fantastic because he, 
he talked about his journey from being someone who, you know, built a certain body the traditional way, you know, using carbohydrates and his path through ketosis and then, you know, more carnivore keto. And you need only look at him uh, for two seconds to see that clearly you can maintain and build muscle. Um, there's a top uh, Muay, Thai, Muay Thai, I don't say it right, champion Muay Thai, Muay Thai <laughs> who basically she's, she's keto all the time and she only eats every other day. I mean, these are, these are athletes at the top of their game and people putting on muscle that look like competitive bodybuilders and right. it can be done. You do need to pay attention to what you're doing. Um, but there are a lot of dissenting voices out there, you know, like you said, your friends hollering at you about, no, just put on muscle. Yeah. Um, each of us has to come to terms with our own physiology, our own genetics and what we're optimizing for, because mm -hmm. that at the end of the day is what are you as a human being optimizing for in the next hour, in the next day, in the next five years. And then I always try to think like, what can I do now so that I can climb this mountain when I'm 150? Yeah. Because I can't decide to do that when I'm 80. I need right. to do it now if I want to be there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there's, interesting. A, there's a lot of positive yeah, effects too, like diabetes and what it, you know, this kind of diet does for that and balancing it out and mm -hmm. Alzheimer's and, you know, things like dementia yes. that they're proving that it's, it helps curb it and, and various other disease and ailments. I'm calling and, it type three diabetes, um, yeah. as of late, uh, Alzheimer's because it's it, at least it's what, strongly correlated. Yeah. Strongly correlated. And basically they're finding that the Alzheimer's brain has diminished capacity to utilize glucose over time, uh, which is obviously yeah. connected to diabetes, prediabetes, um, the folks at Verta Health are doing amazing things for basically helping people become not diabetic through through ketosis and through partnering them with um, dietitians, nutritionists, MDs, mm -hmm. the whole thing to get them safely out of their diabetes strictly through ketosis. Right. And even with the type 3 diabetes classification, we're considering Alzheimer's to be type 3 diabetes it's interesting, again, coming back to the, the effect on mental states that a keto diet can have. Um, anecdotally, again, and even going back to like your PRs and being able to PR every time you went in or every other day and how you just kept improving and recovering. Think about what we were talking about earlier, where anytime you can remove that emotional, it's basically doubt. Yeah. Anytime there's any room for, oh, I wonder if I can lift that. Oh, that looks pretty heavy. I don't know. That's all friction. That's all breaking down the fluidity and the efficiency of the neural connections in your brain, in your body. Whereas if you go in there and you're not wondering, can I, can't I? Your body's going to do whatever it can do. Like, all right, you're going to walk up, <laughs> like exactly, you walk up to that deadlift and you're like, if you're not in a keto brain, you're like, oof, heavy. Let me think. Let me get yeah. ready. Let me get down there. My back straight is this, that, and the other thing. In a ketotic state, you walk up to that bar, you get set, and you lift it. Because that's the goal. It's There's one, two, three steps, not one, two, maybe this, maybe that. Wait, go back. Wait, think about this. Okay, now let's try to lift. All that energy is wasted. <laughs> it's, and the instead mental... of going into focusing yeah. on doing what you're working on, you know? Yeah. Well, and I'm not saying not to warm up, believe me, but I, when I'm 
in in that zone, my warm ups are a lot less. And the other part is is the confidence. Yep. When I'm not sore, when I don't have the knee ache or the inflammatory problems, I'm not Absolutely. worried about hurting myself or whatever. Like my body's in a good state, so I can push myself harder. I don't have that is little thing thought? saying, right. Oh my God, I might hurt it and why is it hurting? And there's this doubt thing creeping in, which I, I think is is part of it. And people talk about lucky people and not lucky people. And I believe that we create a lot of our own luck, especially through mm-hmm. things like this. But it's, you know, and even to take it a step further, what you're talking about is it's the law of attraction, right? I'm attracting what I want. I want to be stronger. I want to be a better athlete. You know, I want to be in better shape than I ever have been in my life. So I'm doing this and through doing this lifestyle, it's attracting the things that I want. But it even goes beyond that, you know, and people always say I use this term and someone's like, oh, but you, you know, what do you mean you want to attract other people? You're, you're misunderstanding what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you want to attract yeah. the things in your life and you want to attract people who are going to go after the same goals you are so you can go at it together. And that's anything in life. That's not just a relationship. That's right. business. That's right. whatever. That's what we're doing on and the I podcast right now. Personal right. commitment too. you can call it a lot of things, but when you're at a space where you're clearly personally committed to self-improvement, you're going to find that you're tuning into other individuals who are also personally committed to something. And again, call it what you will. You do wind up with more of those kind of people who understand exactly what they're optimizing for. And they understand that their personal commitment is the most important thing. Not what anybody else thinks or says about what they're committed to and there's a resolve in those kind of humans right it's like on a an old radio with a dial it's all the signals all everything is out there already it exists what we want to do and speaking of the law of attraction and just kind of bringing the things to you that you want to focus more on you have to focus your attention on that thing whatever it is and by doing that, it's almost as though like you've tuned tune into this radio station that everybody else is tuned into and you start noticing that those people and those experiences everywhere. It's like when you see a, a new car and you're like, wow, that's neat, man. <laughs> or if like I remember last time I was looking for a car, I was looking for forerunners because I love forerunners. And as soon as I did that, I was like, damn, everybody's got a forerunner. Yeah, They're absolutely. everywhere. Because I've been focusing on forerunners for, you know, weeks or a month or whatever. But I think it's very similar. You do the same thing with your life choices. You're going to be available more frequently to the things that you put out there. Well, and one of the interesting things is it's exactly that you're on the same wavelength or or I don't know what to call it. But it happens sometimes when I have people interviewed on the podcast and I know they're on that sort of drive and, and self sufficient you know or self optimization yeah optimization that um thank you that you know and drive in their life and you can sort of you almost have the same words come out of your mouth sometimes like there's things that i'm thinking like about the blood meter and then molly starts talking about then you went into the whole thing about the paleo (laughs) protein and needing more protein in the diet and it's like yes you know when you're thinking something you almost finish each other's sentences or or you're on the same thing and you have people that pop in your life you're like oh wow you know we must really be similar similar god i can't talk to the conversation yeah it starts to have itself 
Yeah. It's almost, it, there's like this switch over from the having the conversation and experiencing the conversation. It just begins to happen. It kind of, it takes on its own agency in a way. It's super interesting. Yeah. <laughs> No, and very it's like, true. it's very, and you see it in professional sports when a whole team is dedicated to the same vision and on the same mindset, yes. they almost move together perfectly. And I can see it at work, you know, and, and my businesses, when one, my team members on, on one of my teams are all in sync, I really don't have to lead that much. I really don't even have to talk that much. They're sort of starting to take it on their own, like they can read my brain, you know, but all right. of our energy aligns and all of their energy aligns with each other and this magical thing happens. But that's when we're at our highest and it, positivity is a big part of it and, and being on trust. It, yeah. And trust and a keto that's lifestyle helps that. create that and healthier living yeah. certainly creates that. It Be puts you in an optimal place for all of the things we just discussed. Like it's you really, said, yeah. it's a foundation that, you know, and you've brought it up a few times and I think it's very true is you can start to sound like this magical state and how could I possibly get there? But it just becomes routinized and you're so accustomed to the level of functionality that you can achieve when in that state, it becomes just a super basic foundation for the life you want to lead. Right. And once you know what to eat and what to avoid, it becomes second nature. And people never believe me until they're in it. And they're like, yeah. oh, you're right. You know, a few months in, yeah. ain't no thing. To a point you were making earlier, Justin, you, it's basically you want to set yourself up for success with every yeah. choice you make. And Absolutely. keto is a lifestyle, right? You make that choice every time you decide to stay in ketosis or walk away from ketosis <laughs> yeah yeah exactly bit. and then you're like oh but, man i know better exactly. that's always the first thing i ask kyle if i think he's like having a bad day i'm like so you had that burrito right. and some beer last night and it's funny because my reaction is always like oh what do you know it's yeah. not that and that's because i'm in that <laughs> shitty state yeah. yeah and it's so true it's actually so true. you get more defensive when you're in that state i don't know what happens but there's a like a switch <laughs> I'm just like the look on his face when I ask him is like, oh, I feel it. I'm just like, oh, don't you it. Because you know you're right, and I don't want to admit it. Shut up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. so go away. I've been there. Yeah, it's you so, got it. So self defeating too. It's like, do you really want to feel like a piece of shit right now? No. I know. It's, listen. <laughs> it's like you can replace the old saying of "Have you been taking your meds with?" Or are you watching? Uh, yeah. or, or are you in ketosis Have you right now? Back to carbs. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Oh my god, so funny. It it's kind of funny because it is almost like like you're never supposed to like say to the lady people like, "Is your period coming?" Yeah. But you kind of like people who go in and out of ketosis. Like you kind of can't say so. Exactly. <laughs> so funny because you're kind of grumpy <laughs> but it's true it's funny because it's it true yeah it's very yep. true you know and it's even i agree <laughs> when you're in it it's hard to admit it but when you're out of it you're like oh yeah i definitely did that but and obviously <laughs> that was it yeah yeah so um so <sighs> as we start to you know wrap this up guys um i'm obviously gonna have you guys back on again because i love these conversations and i really want to talk about your other uh products as you guys launch them so maybe we'll make that as a, awesome. a point for getting you guys back to. on as you guys launch your other products and um we can sort of talk about that but i mean really if there's anyone out there that wants to start this lifestyle um, and do it now and they're a little bit afraid and, and they've heard some bad things about it. I mean, what would you tell them? 
So from my perspective, always, if you're going to go to the Google, lean heavy on the science, even if you don't understand 99% of what you're reading or listening to. Listen again, read again, Google science-based information. Don't, there's a lot of great things out there that social media offers and that influencers offer and that even celebrities offer with regards to making these things normal. But lean into people like Dominic D'Agostino, <clears throat> Google Verda Health, look up Stephen Finney and Jeff Volek and go ahead and balance that with some of these maybe more like, <clears throat> pardon me, keto for dummies videos. Um, Quick aside, I have to interrupt. Don't Google anything. Yeah. Molly, the reason she is so knowledgeable and good at what she does is because she's been doing the Googling for 20 years. She's been answering these questions on her own, finding and vetting sources for 20 years. We have the website, ketobrains.com. <laughs> and it's like basically all that is is a – a condensed version of all the work she's done. I mean, and there's articles or there's little blog posts that are geared to people that have no idea what keto is all the way down to people who are studying metabolic You know what science. I can do? I have a YouTube play. I have two YouTube playlists I put together for uh, friends and customers who've needed assistance. And one of them is keto for dummies. And the other one is kind of the science of keto. And we can look at maybe seeing if there's a way to put those whole playlists up on our site. Oh, we can um, put the link in the show notes or something. Yeah, absolutely. Oh no, we have to do that. Okay. Uh, I was thinking basic, maybe Molly just... didn't have her afternoon coffee uh, with the creamer in it because she was slipping there for a little bit. <laughs> I was like, we have the perfect resource. Well, you know what? Because I think where we I literally do. From, what, what I did with people for years in just working in the nutrition industry on the sales floor in health food stores what I realized is that it was really important to encourage people to connect with the information on their own. Because when I just straight up told them what to do and tried to, you know, give them an education, there wasn't the personal connection. So I think it's still very deep in me to encourage people to do research. But you know what? Don't be afraid to reach out. There's people like Kyle and I all over the interwebs that you can reach out to. And some of them will actually respond if you have questions. Um, but it's, I do think it's important to do some of your own research because you should be personally connected to your choices. Um, absolutely. You can use us as a resource. You can. Yeah. The whole point of that is that you've done a lot of that. So again, there's a, these days, especially. I'm going to keep Google doing it. I don't know how to stop. Keto. No, I know. <laughs> it's a mess. But if you want a, a condensed version of all those searches, you, you can, you should, <laughs> I'm going to say should. And it is, it sounds like a shameless plug, which sounds kind of cheesy. But there's so much information already there on the Keto Brains website that Molly's put together. So speaking of efficiency, go there first. And if you find a word or a term or a link that doesn't make sense, go to Google and figure it out. Oh, yeah. Or just send us a message. We, we're so small right now that we can get back to every response. Yep. Every message we on the website, every Instagram DM, Twitter DM, all those things. They exist. <laughs> yeah, and I, I know for sure. I mean, I talked to you guys how much both on through 
text and as well as the DMs on the site. So they do respond quickly, which I think is an also another just demonstration of how well um, creating the right lifestyle can work for someone. And then also what you guys are doing, which is paying attention to the people that are out there that um, that are like you guys and, and following the same lifestyle as you guys. And they have, like, people have excellent questions. And I've actually, yeah, I, all the questions that we do get, it's always, it's a nice opportunity to refresh my memory on things I haven't read about in a while. And it's an important thing for me to stop for a minute and go back to what it was like that first week, that first month, that first three totally. months when I chose this journey. And it's also an opportunity for me to remember you know, what it was like to be an obese child, because I haven't been obese for a long time, but a lot of people entering ketosis are doing it for that reason. And so, you know, some of the questions have to do with weight loss and it's a good opportunity for me basically to remember all of the different versions of myself that I've been and tap into those um, to really try and see how we can help put people on the right path. Right. Yeah. And just so everyone knows the the KBZ blog that you guys have has a lot of information in there. I just wanted to emphasize that since we were just talking about to go right there on the Keto Brains website, and that's ketobrains.com. You can also, I love what you guys do on social media too, at Keto Brains, um, both on Facebook and Instagram. I think there's just such valuable knowledge, and I like what you guys are doing because you're not just trying to sell sell a product. Um, you're educating everyone as you're doing it, which I think is the important part of the real value to something. Yes, don't get me wrong, hyper-focused, hyper-productive, super optimized right now when, when I'm drinking the creamer. But on the other mm-hmm. hand, it's the education that it gives me an understanding of what's happening to me when I do it. And I think that's the it's hard part because with, if we don't know it, we're not realizing what's really going on and how no, important it is that we understand it. And you're not personally connecting. And again, I think all my years on, you know, a sales floor, uh, it was, it really was, it's educating, but it's also empowering people to take their health back by taking one step or 30 steps in the direction of self-education <laughs> and making decisions for themselves. Right. And I kind of feel like this is an extension of that. Yes, we're offering a product that makes, we're offering a product and we're sharing a lifestyle that we have found makes us more productive. But in so doing, I'm hoping that we're giving people an opportunity to take their life and their brains back from, um, from a diet and a way of life that takes life away. And that's, that's probably at the base of all of it is but, I want people to know that their life is theirs to own and to wield and this, as they wish. Yeah. This all helps shift the conversation from dietary to lifestyle, which yeah. is especially in the keto realm is a big deal. Dietary motivated people are always going to be more on the fad end of things because it's the newest, hottest thing that everybody's talking about. I don't care what diet it is. If you don't incorporate it into your lifestyle, you'll reap no long-term benefits. Yeah. So not temporary. the lifestyle conversation is far more beneficial than the dietary conversation. And I think what we're doing with the information available on the blog, and honestly, there's a lot on the Instagram, just in quick little posts, um, is to show people 
that it is not just a simple dietary choice. You integrate these choices into the rest of your life. For well, the best. Well, and that's results. the thing, right? You, do you want to better your job? Do you want to better your home life? Do you want to better your relationships? Do you want to better your business if you're an entrepreneur? Do you want to become an entrepreneur and you have something you're passionate about? Everyone thinks totally. it's the, you've got to change your life within those. And here's the irony amongst it all, really. And I don't think people realize this. If I want to be a better entrepreneur, it's not going working harder in that entrepreneurial space. Yes, that seems like the right thing to do. But when I balance my life through my diet um, in my lifestyle in terms of being optimized in the way that I live, um, and especially in the way that I eat for me and I exercise, that I'm a better entrepreneur. I'm a better person in my family. I'm better in my relationships. Right. And that the comes naturally. because of the macro. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's the weirdest Agreed. thing. And it's, it's irony. It's like, you know, it's like, right. you know, wanting to lead. Natural. I want to be a great leader. But you can't be a great leader if you don't know how to follow. You know, it's that whole thing right, right there. Totally. And so, you know, and that's the way the world works. So anyone who's out there that's listening, why this is so important and why Molly and Kyle are so important for this podcast and all the listeners is because what they're telling you is that if you're listening to this podcast, what you need to do in terms of your lifestyle, and I believe in it or I wouldn't be doing it, and I wouldn't have the success that I have you know, currently and exploding out the way I am in our businesses, even with the current coronavirus going on, if I didn't tune in my lifestyle and my dietary um, intake and my exercise, you know, all of it is I can weather a storm. You know, I know what hardship looks like and I'm not even stressed out or worried about it because I'm balancing my life in every other way. So that's what's important and not to mention because of it, I'm pretty sure my immune system is kicking some ass right now. So there's no, there's no, issues there when you're balanced you're going to get sick less you're you're not going to feel like crap more you're not going to want to lay down more you're going to be more active you're going to be more balanced with your sleep to awake right. ratio you know this is what we're talking about here and it doesn't have to be hard everyone's like oh it's going to take so much work and you got to build habits let me tell you once you make the switch and you start feeling good you're less likely to go back and i talk about how i go in and out of it all the time but the more mm-hmm. times i've gone out of it and go back in the less times I'm going out of it now, you know, the less I'm like, or the longer I stay out of it because I'm like, Oh gosh, you know, I'm starting to catch myself and why am I doing that? And and I'm robbing myself of days of productivity, you know? So, and that's even seen through the lens of efficiency. It's like, again, you're not making it, you're not eating food because it tastes good. You've changed your entire approach and purpose for eating. You're not eating your fueling. Yeah, That mental change is huge. And like going back to what you're saying about getting the macro in order so that the micro benefits, I think once we dial in our lifestyle, once we dial in those day-to-day choices, success in business, athletics, creative endeavors, those are all symptoms of a a well-lived life. Those happen automatically when you get the foundation in order. It's just, it, it's a natural outcome of getting your life together, kind of. Well, and the so beauty is we have a choice. Yep, go ahead. What was that? Go ahead, Molly. Oh, no, I just, it, typically we, we have that reversed. Yep. Like what Kyle just laid out is that, and what you laid out, 
uh, entrepreneurs and other people think I just need to focus solely on this thing to the detriment of everything else. And that's how success is created. And what the both of you just laid out and what I believe to be true is the opposite of that is you optimize for the lifestyle and the state of health. And then you're more available to focus on multiple things that you'd like to be successful at. Yeah. And, and I guarantee this and, and I'll include all three of us, but I'm going to just say this is that, yes, I work 80 to a hundred hours a week on, on projects and whatever else. I also work out. (laughs) I also amazingly have enough time for my family more than everyone else. You know, I'm not sleeping as much or I'm whatever. So I'm able to fill my day more. Now, do I watch TV? Eh, I don't, you know, and that's the other thing that happens is I become less reliant on TV and things like that to fill my days because I right. am so focused and active, I'm lucky if I even turn it on in a day, which is kind of a crazy thing in this world and time where everyone watches Netflix shows on a binge. Oh, yeah. But what I'm really saying is it's about the productivity of those hours. And so we're not saying to work less when we're saying how focused we are in, in, in that work. It's what happens is you're able to put in those hours. So even if another entrepreneur who's not on got his lifestyle sort of dialed in is on is on an 80 hour to 100 hour work week i guarantee you i'm still doing three times as much work and efficiency right. as you are yeah. on my lifestyle hands down feel no problem 80 to 100 hour work weeks yeah 100%. you don't feel depleted you feel like that was a damn good week yeah. and now i'm gonna so go for a run accomplished <laughs> yeah yeah and it's actually kind of a funny joke and deborah and i do this all the time which is um, which is basically that at home, the kids and everyone, they're our coworkers. So we complain about them like they're our coworkers versus the people we work with because we enjoy working so much based on our lifestyle. And that's sort of a joke, you know, we're like, oh, the coworkers ate all the food in the house today. You know, <laughs> you know, so, so, you know, it's like that. It. But I mean, really, it's we like enjoy a, yeah. that time too. But it's just kind of this totally. funny thing when you're, your lifestyle is right. You feel good about everything you do. And when you feel good about everything you do, you're more efficient and you don't waste time thinking about it. Your, your vision is very clear and you're able to move forward very quickly. And when it doesn't work out, you're able to pivot quicker. There's not this lull or, or worried or, you know, ups and downs that sugar causes. Yeah. And right. And your priorities are so in order. Yeah, Again, absolutely. It's that lifestyle that is the, what you're optimizing for is that time with your people yeah. is getting the most out of every hour of a day as much as possible. Absolutely. And working from that being your goal, not to, I don't know if you're a, some tech startup trying to get to some selling point. It's like, yeah, that's neat. But is that all you're trying to do? I know. And you know, I, we I, want a good life. Yeah, no, exactly. I always think of The Rock, and one of the things I like, I'm like, that guy works. I mean, he's up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Dude, he does. The real deal. Like, and he's, he's no like, joke. He's a guy who will film three movies in a year and do a whole television series that same year. You know, so it's like, how is he doing it? Well, he's optimized his lifestyle through a yep, diet yep. and through exercise and through getting up early and breaking down his days into multiple pieces. I mean, Andy has production companies and and all of these other businesses and deals with Under Armour. And so, you know, that's what he's doing. And then you think about it, 
you know, he's always been that way. So we're like, oh, he does that because he can afford to now. No, that's not really right. what happened. He started somewhere no. and he's always been yeah. doing it. We just think he can do it more now because he has money or success, but he's right. always been doing that. That's what got him here. So and that's a really good point that I think everyone should remember because I remember being there. I remember seeing these people and my immediate thought was always like, oh, well, they genetically have it easy. Oh, well, they weren't an overweight child. Oh, their parents had money to send them to this school. None of that is true. Each of us at a different point in our life has to create the set of patterns and behavior, behaviors and decisions that creates the foundation to become that thing that we sometimes look at and think that person just had it easy. They came into the world that way. No, that person likely worked really hard to create a set of behaviors in their life that got them to that place. And I, I think it's important for all of us to remember that is there's work and commitment and you may just only see the finished product. That's what I wanted to say about the rock and people like the rock in general, successful people. All of that is true, but also there is unimaginable trial and error and so much quote unquote failure. It's like, again, they didn't think about this and say, Hey, I'm just going to do that. They tried over and over and over and over and over and over to failure so many times, yeah. but they, and they did not stop of failure. and they got better and better and better. Well, yep. and, and that's the thing, yeah. right? The rock, he tried to be a football star up, oh, got cut from the NFL. Okay. Try to make work. it in the right. Canadian football league else. cut from that. Okay. Resilient. You know, Resilient. okay. Maybe I'll try wrestling. Okay, I have a knack for this, you know, but, yeah. you know, and then even that he was he was really good at it and entertained the audience, but he needed a new challenge. Right. So now he's like, I'm going to be yeah. an actor. And so, like, you know, right. it, he wasn't waiting until he and failed at wrestling facts. anymore. Yeah. Right. It's that whole, you know, uh, what is what's the quote? I I never fa- I, I either win or I learn. I never fail. Yeah. And that's, that's a mindset that I think is really helpful. If something doesn't go well, done, move on, learn. It's not a failure. You don't need to be, I mean, you can, but you don't need to be sad about it. You don't need to wallow in it. You just learn some epic lessons. Apply them to the next thing. And to bring that back to keto or trying a keto diet for the first time or keto lifestyle, rather, remember that there, it's not necessarily easy. It's going to be difficult, uncomfortable, weird for a little while and that's fine and normal nobody does very normal and Mm -hmm. whether it's keto or anything else if you get dissuaded from challenge or from having to deal with adversity and you don't have the passion or the desire to go further you should probably choose something else but if it's something that you have determined has value keep failing just do it over and over and over trying because one day if you are passionate enough you're going to be the rock or you're going to have your business or whatever it is. Absolutely. Thank you guys. And I appreciate you guys coming on and and doing another episode. And I know I'm going to get questions. So as you guys start to launch your next two products, I'd love to get you guys back on. So really guys, you're awesome again for the time. Totally. We'd love it. I know. And I, well, I, I've been calling you guys the brother right and I say, Oh yeah. Well, we have about eight inches of snow on the ground. So I don't think, oh. yeah. Oh, you're really indoors. You're yeah. really shelter indoors. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
thank God we've done fairly well in our lives, and I have some some toys and four wheelers and sleds that we'll have fun with with the kids just to get everyone outside. Oh, so in a little bit of land um, <laughs> to run around on and cause some mischief and tear up the Beautiful. grass, I'm Perfect. sure, which I'll hear about at some point. But it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, down the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that I'll worry about that later. So um, though it'll be an excuse to reseed all of it. So. Oh, yeah. um, Thank you guys again. I really do appreciate you guys and I appreciate you guys coming on here and I love your energy and what you guys are doing. And it's just really incredible to have and meet other people in the world that, that align with the way that you are and your dreams and your goals and the understanding and knowledge of we have control over it. If we pick the right lifestyle, I think it's just enormous. Oh, and I think it's amazing what you're doing. You're taking steps to, to share this with a broader community of people from a place of wanting all people to be more productive and happy. And I think it's fantastic the way you're choosing to do life. So I really appreciate you as well. Thank you. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And it actually reminds me of something I wanted to say, which is we can do it right now. All of us are stuck indoors. Like it's time to do the research. It's time to use the YouTube. It's time to start experimenting with our diets. We're stuck inside and we can start to do this and learn and get focused and start building hope and start performing at higher levels because each and every one of us are the most valuable player right now on the team to rebuild our economy once this thing ends because we're we're kind of at a screwed point right now and it isn't getting any better and we're kind of you know snowballing our way into a major financial disaster also and food shortages and everything else so we've really got to take what we can right now and this is a way to do it in our businesses and our personal life modeling to our children all of that stuff to just really excel out of this because how we come out of this hardship is going to be an example for generations to come and we need to really just do the best that we can you know so it's potential that we could be as great as the greatest generation ever if we all come together and harness this and i'm giving everyone by having Kyle and Molly on the podcast again during this time, a way for you to do it, you know, change your lifestyle, do it now while you can, while you're at home, do it in front of your kids because they're home and model this for them because you want them to learn it at a younger age. I wish I knew this 20 years ago or 25 years ago. And so really, um, you want success for your children, you want success for your family, and you want success for yourself. It starts with a lifestyle change around your your diet and, and the way you look at your life. So um, yep. I don't want to use the word diet because it's more than that. Like I said, it's a lifestyle and an understanding right. um, and that balance. But, you know, that's part of the reason I wanted to have you guys back on. And the timing with what's going on in the world, I think, is awesome. Not to mention, like, my immune system when I'm, you know, on in my keto lifestyle, I never get sick. It's like when I start eating sugar again or I start slipping that I start getting sick. It's like my immune system stops fighting and stops being boosted and I start getting sick from something, a cold or a kid brings home strep throat or the flu or whatever, and Mm -hmm. I'm susceptible then. Um, When I'm on my keto lifestyle, I'm like a brick wall. There ain't nothing coming in. You know, um, my body is fighting and kicking butt all the way around. So... Yep. You know, it's it's just something that we need to pass on and and now's the time to do it. So I hope everyone makes their shift now. You're stuck at home, like I said, it's time to do it. So thank you guys again. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you. Have an amazing day. Thank you, you yep, too. Take care. Bye. Thank you. See you. Bye.